Meow, I'm Kat, and you're in for a treat. Straight out of the oven, it's Cinema Buns with another hot, fresh take on film. Let's dig in. This is a spoiler-heavy episode, so if you've never seen the show Firefly and the movie Serenity, I recommend you going to watch those and then come back because we are discussing them in detail. I also wanted to apologize for some audio quality. Kim is the new mother of an eight-month-old baby, and he had a lot to say during the podcast. We love him so much, and we're so happy that he and his mother both took the time to be here. However, I know that it got a bit loud at times. I did try to edit around it. I just wanted to mention that Kim was so giving of her time, and I appreciate her being here. Okay. Hello, and happy Monday. Today is the first of an ongoing series we'll be hosting here called Does It Hold Up? Today's topic, the 2002 American space western drama created and directed by Joss Whedon, Firefly. To dig into it with me, we have two sci-fi sisters, Miranda and Kim. Hey! Hi! Hi. You want to introduce yourselves? Go ahead, Miranda. Okay. Hi, I'm Miranda Eddie. I'm a nerd. (laughs) <laughs> Hi, Miranda. I'm, I'm sister of Miranda Eddie, Kimberly Eddie Sealand, and I'm also a nerd slash geek. Well, you are all welcome here. We are excited to talk about Firefly. Miranda has her chapstick ready to go, her water. She's <laughs> ready for podcasting. Let's do this. Let's uh, jump into the, dig into the bun, huns. Um, Kim and I met before our sophomore year of high school. And that Halloween in 2006, Kim came to school with a river costume on, who was a character from <laughs> the show Firefly. And that was when I was like, yeah, my best friend, she's here. <laughs> We've met each other. Oh, yeah. And I might add, she was wearing my boots for that costume. You kind of... my boots. <laughs> okay. They were the black ones with, like, the buckles on them. I remember, because I love those boots, and I wore them out. (laughs) Because I got them for you. Okay, well, they weren't yours. (laughs) I think the takeaway is that they're now Kim's. So you kind of dressed like the version of River from the movie when she has, like, the blue dress on, I think. Yeah, that was the most iconic one, like, version of her stuff. People would at least semi-get what I was going for. Yeah, it's funny. I was looking at the outfits that River wears, and she dresses so much like a late 90s, early 2000s, like the same kind of outfits that Buffy and her friends were wearing, Um, which is interesting because it's supposed to be a future show, but most future shows are ending up being about the time period they were made in. Um, well, naturally, because they can't really foresee the future. Yeah. Well, that's what I like about Firefly was that it ended up being like they set it like as if it's a western, but in space. So when they land on the planets, a lot of the planets, I mean, some of the planets seem like they're um, Little House on the Prairie or something, like you know, very like, well, that's what I like covered they, wagons. They, I mean, 
because Joss Whedon made it to be that it was as if the world ended with America and China basically on top. So it was a mess of their two cultures. So the thing that I like is the fact that you do have that Asian influence, then you have the Western influence, and then you have, you know, so you have these different things that kind of show up in tandem where you have that ball that, um, you know, Anara goes to, you know, where they have, and they have, so they have fancy dresses, um, and they're, but they have a little bit of an anime Asian tint to them. So it's just kind of fascinating. A steampunk. Like, oh, steampunk. steampunk. Well, I hadn't thought about that until you said it, Miranda, that um, Anara's outfits... It, so we're going to be talking about the show as if we assume that you've watched it, but maybe it's been a while, so we'll give a few refreshers here and there. But Anara is the... Um, she's sort of like an escort. Uh, she has very high social standing, and she's on the ship. And when they land, she... Um, meets up with clients and such. But yeah, I hadn't thought that her outfits and the way she decorates her room and stuff is more uh, an Asian. And then usually Mal is very like cowboy-ish. <laughs> so he tends to represent that more. So as far as the like, does it hold up question, I feel like having it be Western-esque does give it more of a timeless feel than like Star Trek, which is so, so 60s-esque. Like everything about the uniforms screams 60. But well, I watched uh, Firefly in the last month, my whole show, and it definitely feels like it could still be on TV today. I mean, there are some things that are very early 2000s about it, but I just thought it really held up in a lot of ways. I agree. I absolutely agree. I, I do feel like it does have that timelessness. I mean, almost any TV show that's really quippy that allows for a diverse cast is going to hold up. You know, when you have shows that you can quote, I mean, Shepard Book, when he talks about, you know, they're there's a special level of hell for those who um, take advantage of the innocent and talk uh, and excuse, kill puppies and talk at the theater. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> those kind of quotes that are quippy and fun and they capture your your attention. That's always going to be timeless. My favorite quote from the show is in episode five. They, uh, I think the episode's called Safe. The, um, River and Simon are down on a planet and they kind of get captured and then they think River's a witch and they're going to burn her and then Mal and the crew come and rescue her and they're like, she's a witch! And then Mal's like, yeah, but she's our witch. <laughs> yeah. I love that one too. So good. <laughs> well, I think that um, you guys can probably speak better to this of what happened because it only had the one season and then it um, got a movie, but it was just the 14 episodes. Oh, no. So Kim has a baby, and his name is, his nickname is Mal, so we call him Captain Mal from the show. And so he's vo voicing his, <laughs> his thoughts, too, today. Um, yeah, he's basically saying that Fox TV sucks, is what he was saying. So I remember something about, like, the episodes were aired out of order. Yeah, so they... they for whatever reason, the Fox executives decided that they shouldn't air the pilot episode, but the ne one next to it. So then people didn't understand, they didn't have an idea of who the characters were, why they were there. Um, so it really kind of just train wrecked the show from the beginning. When you have, I believe it was called The Train Job, is the very first episode that you see. You don't know how... 
such a weird place to stop like it doesn't mm-hmm. have any kind of a conclusion I didn't realize there was going to be more in the first season that didn't happen well so if you um, for those of you who are Joss Whedon fans what you have to realize is that he starts writing his, se- his season and he's already putting things in for the third season in season one he's that he tends to foreshadow a lot and so he likes to do those cute little quick uh, character glimpses that he explains in the latter seasons. And so, for the people who understand that, um, that he's building, he's doing a building block and he can't do them out of order. I wish they'd bring it back. I, there's so much more oh gosh, to... Yeah. We'll talk about the movie in a minute and where the movie leaves the story. But after the movie, I know they do a comic book that fleshes some more out, and I've not read any of it. Have either of you guys read the you comic? You haven't? No. Oh, girl. <laughs> I own it. Okay. <laughs> Do you guys have favorite character on the show? No, no. Because I love all of them. Yeah, they all have their purpose. You know, like they all have their. The team wouldn't be the same without one of them. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have like one of my. I have more of a favorite episode. Yeah, what's your favorite because episode? I, to love, I love backstory. So, Out of Gas is actually my favorite one. Um, you know, where they have all the things where you see Mal and when he sees Serenity for the first time and falls in love with it. And what you don't even realize is the guy is trying to sell him a completely different ship. And so he keeps hearing the background of like, this ship will never fail you and it's great. And then at the end, you realize this guy's talking about this huge clunky rocket ship and he sees Serenity off in the distance and just falls in love. And, you know, I just, I've always loved the uh, the backstory of like the fact that um, Zoe didn't really like Wash. She like, bothers me. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, but you're married. <laughs> yeah, I actually wrote Out of Gas down as my least favorite episode, but I didn't think about all the backstory it gives. I just remember being really frustrated that they're like running out of air. And then like, oh, it's too stressful for me. I don't like that episode. <laughs> but it does give important background about the ship. Just, I mean, Jamestown is definitely a, a second, uh, yeah, um, a very easily uh, easy contender for it, just because that is some funny, funny stuff. Out of Gas one makes me think of the beginning of Endgame, the last Avengers movie, when they're like running out of air on the ship, and I'm like, ah, oh, it's so frustrating. <laughs> I wrote down my favorite episode was episode eleven, trash, and so there's a character who like pretends to marry Mal and they call her Mrs. Reynolds and then she makes a comeback in this episode and she's actually like a scam artist and her name's uh in this next episode they call her Saffron she keeps changing her name and moving around but it's kind of like a heist episode but I love this episode because I love that Inara is in on the because Inara will never do like their heists and stuff with them and so when she shows up at the end... The only reason I think Anara did this heist is because she wanted to get back to Saffron. Because yeah. Saffron 
<laughs> yeah. It was a personal vendetta for her. I like um, the episode Ariel, which is like Simon suggests that they break into this medical facility because he wants to see what they did to River. And then that episode's kind of interesting because it's on a very high tech. I think it's supposed to be the Alliance planet. And I like that at the end of that episode, that's the episode where Jane betrays Simon and River. Uh-huh. And the reveal that like Mal knew all along where he pretends like like you think he, Jane's going to get away with it. And then Mal like puts him in that airlock and makes him admit that he betrayed them. I thought that was a really interesting look at how like Mal, the captain, can really keep his cool. He but he knew it all along that Jane had betrayed them. And he's like, I'm not putting up with that. Well and like it was funny because my brother actually he was like he really loved the idea of you betrayed them, so therefore you betrayed me because mm-hmm. they're my crew. And he actually looked at that um from a almost a spiritual perspective of like Jesus, if you betray you know, if you don't treat people with kindness, you betray Jesus in that aspect, which I really was, like, kind of very blown away by when he, when he brought that fact up. Well, speaking about religion, preacher character is so fascinating to me because the show's so well-rounded. Like, you have a lot of... Um, sex positivity and Inara's like uh, she's an escort Um, she sees same sex clients so there's a lot of like representation with that and it's very like Mm -hmm. that leaning but then you also have so like it's so unusual when you have those storylines to also have a man of faith and he is such an interesting character because he's so likable but he's he's never like preachy usually and he's an interesting character because we don't really know his background too much but i like the way that he challenges mal without like condemning him i don't know if that makes sense but he's no, it absolutely makes sense. And that's what I love about Shepherd's book is the fact that he truly is a shepherd in that he guides people. Mm. He doesn't come in. He's not a preacher. He's a shepherd. Yeah, that's such uh, a better way to put it. so read the comic books because it tells you a lot more. <laughs> yes. I was going to say that that's one of the biggest holes for me that the show leaves is I want to know more about Shepard's background and then I was looking it up and it said the comics really go more into that. Shepard also has really interesting interactions with River because she tends to really like discredit like she's pulling out pages of his bible or something because she's such a like science character and so I like that the show I like that it gives a lot of perspectives like it doesn't have everyone convert to one religion at the end or totally turn away from faith like I like that there's a mix of characters and um I don't know I guess I don't see a lot of characters like Shepard on television especially in a show that's science fictiony absolutely that's very true i would say that the things that make it the weakest for me as far as where i was like well does it hold up like the only things that weakened it for me was i thought that the i love the casting i really love all those actors but the first few episodes i think that when i felt like the acting like i think kaylee's acting was weak for me in the first few episodes and but i mean a lot of pilots do that it kind of takes a while for them to find their footing but something that I thought was really it took I don't know if it just took me a while to adjust to it or if it got better was like when they swear it's in Chinese and I thought the first few times they did it it just felt really unnatural and I don't know if they ended up working with a dialect coach and getting it 
better, but I, that kind of weakened it for me, the first few episodes. That's fair. Although, I, the funny thing is, is I found that um, actually one of the things that drew me was because, especially from growing up outside of the country, mm-hmm. um, we would throw in Russian words with the English words as well. And so that actually seemed organic to me. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, and granted, I'm not, um, I don't speak anything close to an Asian language. So maybe that is, you know, that would be a turn off for other people. But I found it to be just kind of, oh, yeah, you would do that. If you if you were around another language, you would definitely, you know, inject the two together. Yeah, I think that I'm so used to hearing Spanish, like Spanglish, people mixing Spanish and English. And that sounds mm-hmm. very natural for me. But I guess I just have not really been exposed to much Chinese Mandarin at all and so it felt so odd but I it wasn't that it maybe it just took me a while to realize that that's what they were doing but Kaylee specifically was the one that I noticed when she was delivering the lines it felt very unnatural for her that was my only like criticism was just that it kind of felt like it took a little while for them to find their footing or it could be what you're saying which is it's natural when you know two languages and if you're not familiar with that language at all it's kind of stilted but I liked that because to me that really helped keep it family friendly that they weren't like there wasn't swear words or it was it was like oh it's a language I don't understand and so um, I know you guys watched it as a family. Is that correct? Well, so here's the funny story. I actually saw the preview for Serenity, the movie, and took my dad on a daddy-daughter date to go see the movie. Oh. I didn't even know it was a TV show. And so we got the, we watched the movie, and we really enjoyed it, even without any backstory of the TV show. And then it was a couple of years later that one of my friends was like, oh, that's a TV show, and lent me his copy. And that's when I really fell in love with it. So maybe that also changed my perspective. Yeah, so uh, did that change how you felt about characters that you knew were going to die? <laughs> well, the funny thing was, I, it had been a, a, a while between. Okay. So, you know, but also with the understanding that I knew the TV show was over. So Kimberly tends to disagree with me on this, but I, I don't, this is an awful thing, I guess to say, but I don't, it doesn't surprise me when there are deaths in in stories, mm-hmm. because to me, it's natural, you know, mm-hmm. like you, it's amazing when you come out of a conflict and not everyone, that everyone's unscathed, there's always going to be a casualty or collateral damage to a situation. So it doesn't, I mean, is it sad? Yes. Was I mad when I was like, but I love Wash. They killed him off. That's not cool at all. Um, or a Shepherd book. You know, like there's different things that really kind of made, you know, that you get upset about. But it doesn't, it doesn't wreck things for me in a way that it may for other people. Losing Shepherd frustrated me because I was like, I want to know more of his story. But losing Wash more like personally upset me because I was like, no we love him and additionally he and Zoe his wife had been talking about having children together and so then just like not having that I was like really bummed but it also made me think that like they're not going to revive the show because not having Wash would really change the dynamic of the ship like he's so the comic relief yeah so Kim did you start with the TV show no I movie as well because um, she introduced it to all of us so. <laughs> because I watched it all and I was like guys you've got to watch the TV show it's yeah. amazing <laughs> apparently one of the reasons Fox was not a huge fan of the show was because that Zoe and Wash were 
married. Because they're, an inter, because they're an interracial couple? I guess. At Fox, at first refused to pick up the show because they didn't like the fact that the characters Wash and Zoe were married. But they relented when Joss Whedon insisted. Basically, well, maybe, Fox sucks. Maybe, yeah. Maybe they were being like they it didn't have enough uh, sexual tension like what you know, normal things are or something. Like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's... They, want, they wanted, like, the... Kim talks about the episode War Stories. Audio is really bad, so I'm just going to say that she summed up the episode where Wash gets really jealous of Zoe and Mal's relationship, and so he goes on the mission instead of Zoe, and he and Captain Mal get captured together and interrogated. That episode is called War Stories, and I wrote it down as like one of my second favorites because it is really funny, the the back and forth with Mal and Wash of like who Zoe likes and then she gets to show up and pick one of them to save and she's like my husband okay bye that's it (laughs) I love that because she is so loyal to Mal mentioned like was it a problem they were an interracial couple was just because a lot of American shows don't have interracial couples and that's something that I was really aware of when I watched Doctor Who or like BBC shows is it doesn't there's so many interracial couples and no one thinks anything of it but I didn't know if you were going to say that Fox got mad that Inara sees female clients like if if that was an issue yeah. That it was an issue. That was actually one of the reasons why Fox was hesitant to pick it up was because of Zoe and Wash. Now, it doesn't specifically say, but I mean, obviously, the first thing that comes to mind for me would be that it was because they were interracial yeah. um, couples, you know? But, I mean, Kimberly makes an excellent point in the fact that it could have been that, you know, they didn't have the normal, like, sexual tension that TV people tend to want. First of all, I don't need the will they, won't they, which you're talking about, which is so true. I mean, every, you know, The Office, Parks and Rec, like all these shows have that. And I find that once they get together, you lose interest in the show. And so I like that Wash and Zoe are together and that they're really strong and that they're talking about like having kids because um, it shows you like the next step in relationships and it's not all about the chase. But it also... um, they also had the will they won't they between Mal and Inara. So they had that. There. Oh. They also had the will they won't they with Kaylee and Simon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, they had the will they won't they with Jane and his brain. We never know. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, there is plenty of, of mystery in action and action and different things that you would, you know, you can't rely on. And I liked the fact that, you know, that they were a state. I, I like it when TV shows can actually reflect good, healthy relationships mm-hmm. because everybody watches TV shows for the drama 
I love to see people who actually react normally. <laughs> yeah, I like, you know? Jane is so interesting because you're always like, you kind of don't know where he stands, and yet... I feel like you can trust that because, I mean, even, I think it was the episode you were talking about when they show the out of gas, when they maybe show how Jane got on the ship, but he's like f- gonna, he has Mal at gunpoint and then Mal's like, I'll offer you a job and you can get a lot more money. And he's like, okay. Like he's very pragmatic about wherever the money is. That's where he is. So I feel like he is true to that. He just. What's interesting is, is with Jane, yeah, he's all about the money, he's slightly has a hard goal in all honesty. And I think it's because of the crew that he he got a relationship with them. He doesn't, he's not going to say that. You know, he's kind of that guy that's like, I'm not going to say I love you, but, you know, I kind of like you, I guess, sort of, you know. Well, he, I think you're right. I think he learns to be better by seeing the crew and the relationships they have, but also the morals that they stand by. But they are outlaws. Well, sometimes they, sometimes they fall into Robin Hood experiences where they, they take the money and then they end up giving the money back to the poor people. Um, you know, they, they were going to take medical supplies or something and then they realized that town needed it. But one case where I was like, wow, it felt so out of character for me was in the movie Serenity at the beginning, Reavers show up and they're escaping the town and a man jumps on the ship to try and get away from the Reavers And Mal ends up shooting him in the head because it's like a mercy to not let him be eaten by the Reavers. But he could have pulled him onto the ship. And so I was really mad because I was like, Mal always seems to make the right choice. And that frustrated me. And then I like that later Zoe confronts him about that. And she's like, you know, I'm not... I'm not judging. I'm just saying that felt out of character for you. And then Mal responds and he's like, my duty is to save you, my crew. And if I had let him on, it would have risked all of your lives, which is like a really hard decision to make. And a lot of times, like, <laughs> Mal has a lot to say. <laughs> yes, yes. But that's like, for us, it's not soft and it's not kind. And we're like, no, he should have tried to save the man. But I think Mal is more like, he's very loyal to who he considers his family. Mm-hmm. Well, if you, if you look at it, when he did it, you can see he's like, gosh darn it, I wish I could have saved it, you know? Yeah. But there's that, you know, he, he had that struggle, but in, in ultimate, you have to, like, in those such situations, it's you have to make hard, hard decisions. In every reality, you have to make hard decisions like that. Okay. Yeah. And you can see that he, he was wrestling with the person too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that gets into like enneagram personality types, and everyone's like type is different, but. My type tends to be like, save everybody. But then if you try to save the strag- the scragglers, you can end up killing everybody because, you know, you have to, like, be able to, especially, like, in a leadership position like Mal, you have to make those decisions that are uncomfortable and hard if you are going to protect the greatest number of people or the people you're most loyal to, whatever it is. Um, well, so getting into the movie now, I wanted to say a few takeaways that I had of, like, questions I still have. And I feel like the biggest questions from that the movie doesn't answer that I'm like, I need more, which sounds like the comic book answers, but 
I wanted to know more about what Shepard's deal was, like more of his backstory. And then it seems like Kaylee and Simon get together at the end of the movie, but Inara and Mal are still like doing their flirting on off. Will they, won't they thing. Oh, you guys mentioned the, um, Zoe and Wash already being married. I was thinking how awkward their courtship would be. Like, I don't know if I want to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. It seems like I just can't see Zoe it's being like romantic. Like you can't look away, but you're like, why am I looking at those? And that's the thing. It's like, where, where does that he bothers me to I want you? Where yeah. does that transition happen? Because, like, and it could be that she's like, because it's Zoe. I mean, if we're being honest, she's warrior woman extraordinaire. You know, she's got her craft together, basically. So, could you imagine? She finds herself that he bothers her because she's attracted to the fact that he has. He's so ADHD and he's so <laughs> like out of her world. Yeah, he definitely seems more carefree and more um, unburdened by the horror of war. Yes, he's spontaneous. He's a well, leaf in the wind. That's one of his calling cards. He loves to make strong women and flawed men. That's mm-hmm. one of his favorite things to do is to, to create that dynamic. Because he is, he's a feminist. He, he loves to see women come out on top. So it's one of those things that he, he excels at that. And so that's, I think, one of the reasons why you end up loving Zoe and Wash is because he does, he shines that light so well. Yeah, well, and this was still, like, this was aired in 2002, and Buffy still went on, I think, until 2003 was the last season, but Buffy is the ultimate, you know, B.A. female character who's just, like, such a good mix of, she's, like, the blonde teenage girl, but also, like, can kick everyone's butt. So, I guess, then, the question is, what do you guys think of Zoe and Kaylee as, like, feminist characters. What I loved about Kaylee was the fact that Joss Whedon actually made her gain weight for the role. Um, Joss Whedon made what? Body positivity. He made her gain weight for the role. Oh, really? Yeah, so she actually gained 15 to 20 pounds to play Kaylee. Because she's still so little. actually not naturally a little curvaceous. She's actually pretty skinny. If you actually watch the last episode of, of Firefly and watch Serenity, you'll notice that Kaylee is markedly smaller. And she was like, she asked Josh, she's like, do I have to gain it all back? It's so much work. <laughs> so I love the fact that, for one, Kaylee is the engineer. Mm-hmm. Like, she's the one that she's got the mechanical leanings. And you don't see women in mechanical jobs very often. So it's always nice when you see that kind of breakout thing. You see Zoe as the, you know, the shoot 'em up kind of lady. I feel like they had very well-rounded female characters, so it wasn't just like, the ladies are always getting saved, you know, like you have you have the ladies who can be the problem solvers and that can show up in a man's field and just dominate. I mean, like, again, with um, the, in the episode Heart of Gold, where Inara goes to that ball and then Mal and Kaylee end up following, you know, Kaylee, Kaylee, and, and Kaylee was all about her sexuality as well. Like, she she likes getting her needs served. And so the funniest thing was when she goes in there, and she, you know, she's just excited to be there for the food, and then she ends up talking to all of these very wealthy gentlemen about machines and ships and engines, and she, you know, attracts a crowd. And so I just, I love that moment where she, you know, she was insecure about her dress. She loved her dress, and then the girl made her feel bad about it. 
And then a guy kind of came to her rescue, and then she just wowed them with how awesome of a human being she was. Well, I like the first time you see Kaylee, like when you see a flashback of Kaylee, she was there was a male mechanic and then he's like with a woman in the back and then the mechanics he's useless and mal's confronting him like why are is our ship not fixed and then kaylee turns around she's the woman who was in the back that he was with and then she's like well i can fix the ship for you and he's like you're hired um but yeah they don't shy away from her exactly what you're saying like being sexual which i like because a lot of times uh the women are portrayed as like oh, no, I'm so, like, meek and innocent and, like, I don't know. I like that she goes after what she wants and she pursues Simon. Um, But I think that's what I like about the Joss Whedon women is that they're a good mix of, like, Zoe is so strong. I mean, she's as uh, war-savvy as Mal. She fought alongside him. But that they still have, like a feminine side like you're talking about like Kaylee has that pink dress that she wears the ball because I really get frustrated in there's this like whole like when Divergent and Hunger Games came out like I don't like the character of Katniss because I feel like she's it's so far in the realm of like hardened that I think that's what they thought they that we wanted out of female characters like there it was a pushback from like the disney princess kind of female was to have these like really intense action women but they they didn't have any heart if that makes sense and i like that zoe i think that wash brings out a lot of her heart and a lot of her like good nature humor and stuff so i do think they're well-rounded but i i do wish that we had more of zoe because you don't get a lot into she's very very guarded and you understand why but it's hard to get a lot of her like opinions oh what's that mal what are you talking um the last the last like takeaway that i really wish from the movie that i that like that they had more time to explore was I feel like there had to have been more with River, like what they were experimenting on her with. Cause I know that they kind of explain it that like she's a psychic. And so they were worried that she was going to reveal the truth about the Reavers that the, um, that she was going to have read the minds of one of the official, the top officials and learned that the Reavers were created by the Alliance accidentally. But I, I feel like there had to have been more of a reason why they were chasing her across, like, the entire universe. I feel like if, if they had, you know, again, the time to really do the character development yeah. that Joss Whedon was planning, because I was also reading that they had planned originally for seven seasons is what he had planned wow. for. I mean, it, imagine that, like, that that's part of it, but they were also, you know, right. so I'm sure that they would have found other, you know, other rivers, if you will. Really? But, yeah, because, I mean, there's no way that it was just her because she went to a prestigious school, you know, and in if you think about in the movie, she's surrounded by other people uh-huh. or other kids who are being taught and being trained. So um, I'm sure that there were different avenues. And the thought is, is that maybe that it wasn't just that the Reavers were the big bad secret. That could have been one of the secrets yeah. that they had locked away that she had uh-huh. gotten to. And that's another reason, you know. And so, I mean, every corrupt government has secrets. Every, well, I mean, okay, 
even even um, uncorrupt governments, yep. if you will, have secrets. Yeah. There are persons of good, and then there are people who can be stupid and awful. And so when you get the, the people together, it doesn't work out so well. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that it's one of those things that, yeah, it, that could have been the big bad, because that's what limited a lot of the space travel, the fact that you can't go into certain territory um, because of the Reavers. But at the same time, because of the Reavers, they couldn't clean up their own mess. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that there's so much more than just the Reavers, and so I wanted to know more mm-hmm. about River and what happened. Um, but I think I hadn't thought about finding more people like River who have been experimented on. And it does, this show, when I think about River and I was re-watching it, I was thinking about how much Eleven from Stranger Things reminds me of River, that mm-hmm. character who is... Um, a female who she's been experimented on and it's very hush-hush and she's like really messed up from the process but she's super she's like one of the strongest characters on the show and with Eleven they kind of go into there being other kids who were in the facility along with her Um, and so yeah that would have been really interesting to have seen and so that's like one thing I really am sad that the show ended we didn't get to like learn more Honestly, I'm I'm just sad the show ended. Period. Because you you start to really love these characters, and you you know like I wanted to see Simon grow as a character and uh-huh. not just be this weird super genius, you know, who who's just trying to save his sister, but him to grow as a person and be like, well, I I am a doctor, not not just that I'm the most amazing doctor in all of all of the realm, but like I'm a doctor, I help people. And for him to grow in that, in in the um, out in the black, would have just been beautiful, you know. To see Jane grow as a human being, yeah. and you know, uh-huh. be, the, be the 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 massive gorilla that also has a heart of gold, and you know, who eventually may end up really enjoying River. You know, like there's just there's so much that could have been, and so the saddest part is the fact that like this is the TV show in the land of what if. Well, the fact that it's this beloved and it only had 14, what, 11 or 14 14 episodes. But yeah. And one of my favorite things about um, Serenity, the movie, was when um, you get to watch, like, the the behind the scenes and all the extras. Um, Josh Whedon says, he he does an interview where he says, here's the thing. If you watch this movie and you absolutely love it, this is the time that you need to stand from the rooftops and just shout about how awesome this is. (laughs) He's like, and if you hated this movie, now is the time for deep, deep reflective silence. (laughs) (laughs) Baby Mal liked that one. Not like, yeah, not like Baby Mal, okay. Uh, (laughs) So, now that they're starting to do all of these remakes, I mean, they've already remade Roswell. Let's get to it, Uh and let's remake some Alan Tudyuk does a lot of voice acting. I found out recently, Kim, uh, my wife said that he was, oh, my wife had bunny rabbits named River and Simon when I met her. And that was how I was like, okay, we can go on dates. Yeah, you're, you're good people. Um, but she told me that Alan Tudyuk is the voice of the Duke of Wesselton or Weaselton in Frozen. Oh, I didn't know that. The one that yeah, that's selling the, the DVDs. Oh. Um, he he even Duke. says in yeah. there, oh, I'm Duke of Weaseltown, not Wesseltown. <laughs> <laughs> He's also the voice of 
hey, hey, and Moana. Oh, my gosh. So he does chicken. a ton of Disney. No. He's like, <laughs> I saw an interview. He's like, I went to Juilliard to be a chicken. Yeah, he must do a ton of Disney then. We watched Santa Clarita Diet, and Nathan Fillion plays a character on there who becomes just a head in a jar. But the last season or two on Santa Clarita Diet, they replace him with Alan Tudyk? Yes! I didn't know that, and we looked it up, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so weird. And I was like, I wonder if they, like... We're like, well, you know him so well. You can imitate Nathan Fillion. That's what I thought, too. Uh, it was before I'd shown Joe Firefly. And we had watched that. And I was like, oh, they replaced Nathan Fillion with Alan Tudyk. No way. And I was, like, all geeking out. And he was like, what? Yeah. It's pretty awesome. That made me so happy. I saw, like, a picture of them putting the prosthetics on him to make him look like Nathan Fillion. And I was like, I wonder if that, like, really, like, ate at him. That He's like, I'm a second-rate Nathan Fillion. I don't get to be the captain. <laughs> or if he was like, I could do a better job. Please let me step in. <laughs> well, to wrap it up, are you guys watching any good sci-fi right now? I just finished the card with this really fun you watched um, what i just finished picard oh what's that it's the new tv series um picard picking up uh, 10 years later yeah oh really um, yes and then i mean obviously stranger things i'm waiting for season four to come out but yeah i haven't really watched any new sci-fi lately i've been watching uh, lost in space oh the new and one that one is, that is one? really good yeah it's really it's really good uh-huh yeah it's really good i like it uh, it's there's only two seasons out which i'm so mad because i thought it was like over with but then they just leave you hanging and the next season isn't going to be till like next year i think so it's like no everything is going to be till next year it's just yeah i know of the rona yeah but yeah it I definitely would recommend Lost in Space. So is Picard with Patrick Stewart, and it's supposed to be, like, his later yeah. years? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if it was affected at all by the new, the, how they're, like, rewriting the original Star Trek, how they had the, the Chris Pine movies and that kind of stuff. So I didn't know if oh, it right. was uh, supposed to affect the no, is, new generation. And, and there's some amazing cameos in it, so. Oh, that's fun. There has to be an amazing cameo. It's like, that's what you expect, right? Yep. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, thank you for your time today, ladies. So Thank you for having us on. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to say thank you for everyone listening and let us know what you thought if you've watched Firefly recently. There's a lot that I rewatched that I'm like, ooh, that did not hold up. But I was really impressed by how much Firefly like entertained us. And even though we'd seen it before, we still like got really emotionally invested in it. And I was happy with it. So I think we've concluded that we not only feel like it held up, but that we want it back. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Give this to Preach. us. Okay, we'll see everybody next week. Bye.